I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Feel Good Friday episode, we were like recently talking about, you know, like the effects of, uh, there was this whole study that was coming out about the effects of TikTok and like TikTok being linked to um, like, like ticks, <laughs> no pun intended there, like ticks and like, and, and, uh, sort and of talks and, and, <laughs> and talks and tics, talks, tics and depending tics. on tics know, what time and, uh, of day and like um, looking at the app. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I've heard like about OCD, it. OCD type yes. tendencies in yes. in in you know teens using TikTok, which was like, you know, part Wild, of me right? is like, yeah, is that like how legit is that? How much is how much is that? Because like I think what it was was that they you know they they were they were linking it to teen a, a lot of like teen girls that were coming across um, pages of people who have things like Tourette's or OCD. And so yeah. there was some sort of like drawing some sort of comparison to that and how those ticks were almost like feeding into these children that are using TikTok. Like they're almost picking up the the ticks from the talk. The ticks from the from the talks. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 I think it was mainly about the contagion element of it that like just simply seeing these behaviors happen, like they can be quote unquote contagious. It doesn't give people tick disorders but it yeah it makes behaviors happen for sure That's, it's so fucking yeah. weird anyway before we yep. get ahead of ourselves we're we're sitting yep. down with jake ernst uh the the therapist the writer the podcast host of this isn't therapy uh past sick boy guests we've had him on before absolutely love getting a chance to chat with you jake uh we're we're massive fans um <laughs> if you didn't listen to jake's episode before Highly recommend you go back and listen to it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we thought we'd just kind of bring you on today for a little catch up, you know, like shoot the shit, talk about what it is you're working on. Brian, question down front. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. yeah. <laughs> I want to, I want to carry on. I want to piggyback off of that, that, that um, conversation that we were just having as you, as you opened up, Jerry. Brian loves um, TikTok. Well, so, so and we tics. had this, I mean, yeah. we had this conversation about, I, like, I recently was diagnosed with ADHD mm. and um, my therapist uh, actually, ref like, um, referred me to or, or recommended sure. a, uh, a couple of uh, content creators to check out. And she was like, these are great people to go and like, and like learn more about what you're going through. And, and it was funny cause I was saying to the guys, like I had, I had seen some of these creators before, um, like before my therapist had said this, but I, I had never like actually like clicked into their accounts. And when I went and did that and started scrolling through, I was like, Holy fuck. Like this is, this, this is me. me. This is yeah. this is my life. Yeah. Um, but I had this. Uh, I had this really fucked up dream. Like shortly after we recorded uh, this Feel Good Friday episode, that was like all about, or Wednesday episode that was all about uh, my experience with ADHD. 
And in my dream, there was, uh, it was like a TED talk was happening and I was in the audience and this guy was talking about um, social media and he was saying that social media is not like causing people to like, you know, to misdiagnose themselves with things like ADHD, but he was saying that actually it's causing this stuff and it's not just social media. It's just like the last 20 years of, you know, productivity apps and fucking like dopamine here and swipe here and engagement here and click, 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 click. And the constant like engagement and stimulation that our brains are having is like when you think of like evolution and like hunter gatherer brains and like the brains that we have in, in evolutionary terms, like they're, they're not caught up to that like amount of engagement mm. and stimulation that we're getting. And so and like, what kind I, of engagement I, does that? Jake, like, what, how, Jake, how does what that, do you think about this small thought that Brian is Brian has brought forward? Well, this is funny because <laughs> a small, <laughs> tightly packaged. <laughs> I mean, I, this is a, this is a dream, and I woke up and I was like, I wonder if that's real. <laughs> like, I wonder well, if that's true. Here, here's what I here's what I do think. Uh, mental health rates are on the rise in young people, and if you map on the trends of all the latest and greatest kind of social and tech uh, stuff, they actually map on directly. So I would say that mm. the key 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 years here are 2011, 2012, 2013. When we zoom in on those years, those you know the the trends are all matched exactly to what the social media companies were doing at that time. For example, the iPhone five came out with the front facing camera. Instagram mm. was bought by uh, Facebook in 2012. These mm. are not coincidental in the sense of yes, it, it makes kids more prone to social stress, and so. I would say that that really what we're talking about is the ways that stress codes in young people who are not develop, developmentally ready to be able to handle that mm. amount of stress. So we're talking about stress. Wow, that's uh, that's really so, that's super that's, interesting. That's really interesting. <laughs> okay, so so it's to, up, actually. Yeah, to it's put crazy. it into like, uh, w- would it be would it be accurate to say that technology is making us sick? I. I think that there is a mm. big sliver of truth to that for sure. I think mm. it's a yes and. It's one of those situations where um, we couldn't know the opposite, right? We couldn't know if, you know, if we never had these this technology, mm. like would it really be causing us to have all these, you know, really big mental health symptoms? But all of the data shows and suggests that it is true. Mm. Um, and in fact, there's uh, a, a study that just came out in 2022 that was talking about uh, the access to technology that we had in, let's say, 2012 to 2014 was very different. And that all looked very different. That was only 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that same study in 2022 said that uh, 95% of kids have a cell phone now. And at the time, back in 2012, it was about 74%, mm-hmm. 75%. It's, it's so interesting it's- because I remember like being like when I was in um, junior high and, and probably part of high school, like I didn't have a cell phone. And and right. like, I felt uncool for not having a cell phone. I was like, fuck, like all I wanted was for my parents to buy me a flip phone at the time. And it didn't even yeah. have like, yeah. like a lot of apps and shit like that. When did that. you get your first phone? I I think it was 16, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's really 16. And I feel like that, that was probably late, right? Yeah, yeah. Like most, I would say more kids in my class than been, not had phones before. Yes. That would have been 20, yeah. uh, what, 2005 ish? When you were 16? Yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a day today. Like I, I've actually, just just how we started this conversation, <clears throat> I've, had the, I've been having, it's so in line with the thoughts that I've had all day today because I just had a really busy day today between a bunch of different things. And I bounced around. 
And there's actually a few times in the day where I actually sat back and thought like, holy shit, only in 2022 would I have been able to accomplish all the shit that I did today. In no other in no other year would have this been possible. I fucking edited websites. I made payment links in in payment gateways. I went and I went and fucking repaired a fucking dryer today. And then I went. Then I came home and I had a Zoom conver- a conversation with video with somebody in Toronto. And then I come here and I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like, and and I sat back and thought, Jesus Christ, I feel like I'm on fire in a sense. In one sense, like a good feeling. Like I'm taking yeah, shit yeah. off the off I'm the list it. i'm doing yeah, stuff yeah. and then at the exact same time i feel stressed <laughs> and it's like and for and for the same reason i feel good and i feel stressed for the exact same reason and, and you know what you well, know, I don't, what know what, me, I don't know what how to feel and it, well that really what that makes me think about is something called our pleasure and pain balance so our ability to experience short-term quick pleasure comes from dopamine long-term satisfaction comes from serotonin Right now we are in a dopamine pool. Like it is, we're just swimming in dopamine, which is just like constant, constant connectivity, constant notifications, constant sources of social stress on us. And so really what we're trying to do here is we're trying to, uh, well, actually what these apps and these technologies do is they try to keep us on the apps as long as possible. And they do that by hacking into our dopamine system. Mm. And so in fact, like something like, uh, the meta platform, so Facebook, Instagram, yeah, they're different. They're actually quite different than TikTok. And not a lot of people know this, but they actually operate on what is called the social graph. So they're, they're an ad-based company, meta, similar to Twitter. They uh, operate based on who you're connected to, so who your social network actually is. Whereas TikTok, their direct competitor is not actually Instagram or any meta stuff. TikTok's direct competitor is YouTube because they're an entertainment platform. And the reason... Uh, how the algorithms are so different and how TikTok's uh, algorithm is so much stronger than any meta uh, algorithm is because that entertainment nature. Basically what happens is their algorithm is actually more interested in who you are. So you have your for you page, you have tailored content specifically just to you. Whereas on all like the social graph platforms, Mm -hmm. their algorithms are pushing who you're connected to so they can sell you ads based on what your network is. So mm. what that means is the algorithm on like a meta platform actually would prefer for you to actually be on the platform than off the platform, on then off. So you checking in and out. That's mm. why this whole notification push is so strong. Whereas an entertainment platform like YouTube or TikTok, they prefer to keep you there as long as possible. So yeah. their goal is to send you down a rabbit hole. Huh. And, and I'll tell you right now, like that, that swipe feature, yeah. I'm just like, Like video after video after video and like and those videos are being tailored to the like by the algorithm to the stuff that they're noticing that you are favoring. Yes. It not is even a, that you're just spending time you're on just spending shit time like that. Exactly. Like well, but fucking, that's what I mean. Like yeah, that you're like, favoring yeah, it by yeah. spending time right, on this yeah, one yeah. particular thing. So they're going to go, okay, they like this. They, they swipe faster on that. So let's give them this and they tailor this fucking thing. And then the next thing you know, you're like, wow, I was just shitting, just sitting here to take a shit. And now I realize I've been sitting here for two hours, not shitting. And my and, 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 my, and now I have a bunch of hemorrhoids because I've fucking just been sitting on the goddamn toilet, just scrolling through fucking TikTok. It's for so hours. addicting. It's so addicting. Want to hear something? Want to hear something wild? So the Wall Street Journal did an investigation. They created a hundred bot accounts, and what they actually found was that the TikTok algorithm can figure your entire shit out in twelve minutes to an hour. So just. Whoa. 12 minutes of someone scrolling, they can figure out exactly what kind of content you're interested in. 
It is. They'd probably be able to tell more about you than you can tell about you. Totally. Well, that was like. Well, that is that the the strength of the of of these social these social network algorithms. The reason why you feel like they are listening to you, like you know, when you have that thing where you're like, oh my, they must be listening with my microphone. It's not that. It's just that there's so many data points about you that they are leveraging that you feel like they are listening to you. It's predictive, yeah. Mm. And speaking of the data points, TikTok was actually caught using biometric data as well. So they were actually using the the face uh, Mm. and your facial expression to determine how you're feeling based on uh, what kind of content you're engaging with. And so they're pushing, they've been caught pushing um, content based on how you feel. Okay, so, so, okay. With all that sort of as our base here, you know, we are four adults talking about this shit. We're four adults who, who grew up in a time, uh, prior to all this stuff, you know, back like in when, the good old I, days, back in the good old days, you know, when Dude, I was, in, we have good old days. <laughs> we do have good old days. Fuck. And when I was in junior high, you know, when I was coming into high school, um, let's let, use Facebook for example, right? Facebook didn't really come into my worldview until my first year of university. Uh, I think at that point, Facebook had been been around for maybe about a year and then they started like pouring into universities and colleges outside of like whatever Harvard and a couple other universities where it started. So by that point, I was like, you know, I was coming into adulthood. I was 18, 19, 20 years old. But if we're talking about these like formative years of adolescence, you know, children um, from the ages of you know, let's say 12. 12 to 18 or even younger, you know, like seven to 18. And we're, we're talking about these, these pieces of technology, the, these apps that are what it sounds like are, are like creating, cultivating social stressors that we did not grow up with in those formative years. So with that in mind, and again, it's it's hard to kind of talk to this stuff because I think again we're we're like we're just we're just under the surface like we're we're just starting to swim in this shit like like what what's what's to come from this totally um what is like what are what's the what are the thoughts on on the on the folks that are in your sphere that are seeing this stuff like what are we what are we expecting or anticipating? in the next 10, 15 years when we start to see these adolescents that are coming from like 14, 15, 16, just inundated with this shit. That really is the question. And I think that part of the challenge is that we're already there. We're, we're already at the breaking point we're where it, yeah. we need to be sounding the alarm on um, all the trends and all the data. And the truth is it's actually biological. So this goes like deeper than any sort of like, you know, social trends that we're seeing. It's actually, a, it's, changing kids biologically. Um, And so basically, I'll just give a really quick sort of bio lesson here. Basically, what's happening is early exposure to repeated chronic stress in childhood, and specifically social stress in this circumstance, is creating and activating a process in the brain called neuropruning. It's causing our development to be sped up, basically, because when the body is under social threat, it feels as though I'm not going to live as long. So I need to kind of get the body moving here. So in girls, it's activating periods and uh, puberty earlier in kids and boys specifically, it's uh, early onset puberty. And really what it's doing is it's activating that process that I was talking about called neural pruning, neural pruning in the brain shows up as anxiety and depressive disorders in adolescence. Now, if I'm, if I'm a, 
if I am wow. a if I am a PR rep that's hired by a social network, I <laughs> yeah. might I might go, well, you know what? I don't really I, I see I see your point and I and 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 uh, I take exception to that because kids are always exposed to a lots of stress in school, especially in adolescence when they're in junior high and they're going through puberty and there's a bunch of social pressure to be a certain way or to look a certain way or to perform in sports or whatever it might be. And so, you know, that's actually not happening because that's happening naturally in the way that it's always happened. Like what, how is, so with that in mind, because that's what I would say if I was a PR, PR person, um, <laughs> which, you can, can right? which I'm not. <laughs> can we maybe just start there? Because I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, Frances Haugen is a whistleblower from mm -hmm. Facebook and she came out and actually revealed that Facebook and Meta actually knew about uh, the effects it was having on young girls specifically. So mm -hmm. there was actually data and there was awareness within the company and organization of the effects that it was having on uh, youth mental health, specifically on girls, just because the girls are more likely to use the social networking um, yeah. apps. But, yeah. yeah. And so, and so how, so how is it different than, than just, than the social pressures and stresses that come with, that just come with coming up as a person and, and going to school and, and all, and all, and the things that come with that. Cause I mean, we all look back on junior high and think, fuck, that wasn't the greatest. Like it was, <laughs> I think I, even if, even if you had a good experience, it was hard. It was hard internally for sure for, for almost everybody. I think it's the new social pressure. It's the new social landscape. Um, previously we could go to school, kind of do our business and then go home and escape and shut the lid from it all. Right. Mm -hmm. But now the social landscape has completely changed in a way that I don't think that we really fully understand or can comprehend things like, um, snap maps. Kids are nowhere. Everyone is at all times right now. That's there fun. is, <laughs> you know, it's things like, um, Instagram stories. Like there's a whole new addition and layer of FOMO and missing out and social inclusion and exclusion that I don't think really trends on on with what we experienced as, as young people. Mm. Um, right now, kids are being forced to brand themselves at such an early age. And really what it's doing is, is they're priming their social development to speed up a lot faster. And mm. so when kids are developing a lot faster, that creates mental health issues because their body and brains aren't ready to actually tolerate and process that amount of incoming stress signals. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts what what are you seeing jake in like in your practice and like in in working with like adolescents is there is there like different things that you're starting to see that are that are that you're sort of like connecting the dots to coming back to like these social platforms there is no young person right now that i'm talking to that i don't talk to social media or talk about social media or technology with um with boys it is uh, they're being stolen by video games and YouTube. Um, as an example, I was just speaking with a, a young guy today and he was saying that um, the back to school has been particularly hard because he spent the entire summer just gaming and he's been 
on YouTube rabbit holes for the entire mm-hmm. summer. And so now he's like having to go back into real the real world and he's kind of being bumped up against this hyper reality sort of notion of yeah. like, uh oh, this feels a bit <clears throat> awkward and strange and I have anxiety actually. Yeah, shock to the system. People. And it's exactly. it's really it's really interesting to think about too. Like even with um I know that Discord servers are really popular with Huge. um with teens and like and being on discord uh, like we use discord for our podcast and yeah you can find the link to our discord in the show notes of this episode it's like a really uh, healthy come platform on, come on us. join just get it's fucked really, up folks it's a get really healthy up. platform for us. Your dopamine. Uh, it's free yeah, send your kids over <laughs> fuck it let's go let's but the, fucking go but the interesting thing is when you when you sign on right now there's like a there's a notification that comes up and it's like back to school like mm. join your school hub and yeah. i know that like in the background of a lot of classes especially um, with uh, COVID and 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 um, education going to online for for the last couple of years, like their kids are like interacting with one another on these Discord servers, like behind the scenes of like what's going on when the teacher's teaching, and like mm. and like I I just imagine that's such an, a difficult environment to like stay focused on like what you're trying to learn when there's like the excitement of like the social yeah. interactions with all your classmates yeah. at the same time, your teacher's trying to like yeah. fucking teach you. A Dude, yeah. Like when I was in school, it was like, you know, some, you know, some, some girl that I had a crush on would like tell the teacher she's got a piss. So she goes into the hallway. She knows where my class is. She goes in the hallway and is looking through that little rectangular window <laughs> of the door and is mouthing to me, whatever messages that she's trying to say. And I'm like, I can't fucking read mouths, man. I don't know what she's trying to say. I think she's saying this. I don't fucking know. And then like, yeah, that's it. Like, there's <laughs> that's no, a distraction. Like, and it's like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. Or like you're passing a note or something. Yeah, the teacher yeah, exactly. sees you, but yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. This, is a, this, this distraction is far broader, far more uh, engaging. Always far, on. Always yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, are people talking about like those types of things as well? Oh, yeah. I would say that all these platforms, their main goal is to keep you on their app or on their platform, right? And so they're going to try to steal and pull focus as best as much as they can. And so as I was saying, for boys, it's probably video games and YouTube. And for girls, it's Instagram and TikTok. Um, And for both, it's Snapchat. Like that's where that's where all the social stuff happens. It's the group chats, it's the invites, it's the uninvites, it's the you're hanging out without me. And, you know, it's the I have to brand myself and compare myself. It's yeah, it's it's really a, a hyper saturated version of I think I, what we experience. I uh, I remember um, uh, Tristan um, and he's old. <laughs> yeah, Love that Brian's movie. favorite movie. Uh, Tristan, I can't remember his last name. The guy who did the social net, uh, the social dilemma. Um, Doesn't matter. I can't remember his. I can't remember his last name. Anyway, really interesting, fascinating character. I'm you guys, but you guys all saw the social dilemma. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was talking about how this was sort of a central conversation in this podcast that I was listening to him on and the idea around kids and that, that, that you can't just go home anymore and shut off the, the good or the bad of, of your social experience and how, and he started talking about how, you know, businesses have business hours. And he started sort of talking Ooh. about social media and it's like, yo, you have, you have a talking about social media in terms of like, and I don't, this is a radical idea in terms of from where we are right now, but he started talking about how it should have there. Maybe we need, maybe we need like a dark period. Maybe there just needs to be a time where like this shit's just off. 
Yeah. For everybody, yeah. no matter what, yeah. it's just like yo. Yeah, it's like Facebook's, six o'clock. Facebook's closed now. Yeah, the sun goes down <laughs> and just like that shit's over until the sun comes Dude, up or whatever. It, that yeah. gives me anxiety hearing you say that. It's an, like, it's an interesting like proposition, it. right? Like I, I think that like part it. of part of where um at least how this sort of overlaps with MySpace is. Uh, not MySpace, the app, but my. <laughs> I was like, you're on MySpace? Like, MySpace came my, back? <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm going back to MySpace. <laughs> um, uh, no, I think how it overlaps sort of with the wellness space is that I, I would predict that social media litigation is going to be the new tobacco litigation. Mm. I think that over the next 10 years, if I were to predict yeah. that we're going to see some pretty heavy litigation and uh, legislation around this stuff. Yeah, um, I, I would probably, I agree with you. I think that that's probably, I think that's pretty likely because um, yeah. I think it is trending in that direction. And I think the thing that I feel so conflicted about is, is sort of how, I wouldn't say I'm conflicted about the internet, but I recognize that the internet is, like, in, in some ways, in some ways, these social media platforms are really just like reflecting, they're kind of a mirror in a sense. Um, I, maybe a bit of a uh, maybe a bit of a wicked mirror, whatever the one was in Cinderella, where they're talking shit. Um, <laughs> but but that they, they are they're sort of um, they're sort of like you know you can use the internet for anything. You can go and get a degree on the yeah. internet, or you can you know you can jerk off all day. Like you could do whatever you can you can do whatever you want on the internet. And um, welcome and, to the internet. And, and yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come and take a seat. Um, <laughs> and. The and social networks are there are I heard Mark Zuckerberg on Rogan a couple of weeks ago and I was like God it's so interesting to hear the C- to be able to hear the CEO of one of the biggest companies in the world talk for three hours and not just be on talking points and not just be on you know the company line and there are so many beneficial things that these products do. And well, at I the mean, same like, time, they right now you're, you're speaking to three right you're four people that that absolutely rely on meta for our work, mm-hmm. for yes. our job to yes. promote, to yeah. get the word out there. Like for good things. Exactly. Exactly. Like if it wasn't yeah. for that social media thing, we wouldn't be doing the shows out West in a couple of weeks, you know, like totally. those <laughs> types of things. It's so are you, great plug. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Uh, tickets are on sale now. You can check in the show notes of this episode right now. And if there's any details, you're missing, just come over and reach out to us on discord and we'll uh, <laughs> yeah. fucking yeah. shameless. But, but, but to your point, you're right. Like there, there are, there it's it's such a it's such a trip because there are elements of social media and and these apps that that really are great and really beneficial mm. but because there's no like i don't know what it is like there's no regulation or there's no or just or just because of the nature of the way that it's that it's developed or 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 maybe it has something to do with like the absolute incredibly rapid speed at which these things are evolving Mm -hmm. and like evolving under the hood, like in a way that we just don't really quite comprehend because we're not fucking, you know, we're not in the world of tech startups, Mm -hmm. but like there's, there's, it's good and bad. Like there's parts of it that are, that aren't, aren't helpful. I need to know though, Jake, for you, like when you're talking to those kids and they're talking to you about their challenges with these platforms. Like what, what do you say to them? Because like, even for Mm -hmm. myself, like I, because Jerry, you you mentioned the word regulation and sometimes we don't need regulation from like higher powers or authorities. Sometimes we just need to be able to regulate ourselves. And I know that I struggle with that. So like, how do you, 
How do you help people who are struggling with that? You know what? I would say that the majority of kids that I talk to want to be off of the platform or at least not be dominated by it. Mm -hmm. um, in that same study that I was uh, referencing earlier, um, I think it's something like 46% of kids are constantly, and that's the quote unquote from the article, constantly on the internet and constantly on social media. That's mm -hmm. almost half of kids who are constantly dominated by these platforms at all times. Mm -hmm. Things like TikTok, YouTube have completely captured their and stolen their attention, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think kids want a healthy balance. And I think that's really what this is about is building awareness of like, hey, what is healthy behavior for me? And what is something that's actually going to benefit me? Mm -hmm. um, for example, I think that when uh, kids try to get off, they feel, they feel that dopamine pull, right? They feel that like actual sense of withdrawal, which is the exact same feeling mm -hmm. we get when we're addicted to something. Mm -hmm. um, there's that I withdrawal that. effect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i have that with um i know that like so i feel and i feel like maybe this is exacerbated by my by my adhd but i know i've noticed that over the last 10 years i've i used to love music i loved listening to music like every like every time my favorite band would release a new album i'd like the day it came out the minute it came out i'd like listen to it front to back and over the last 10 years i've I've grown like away from listening to music. And now like whenever I'm walking out my door, I have like my AirPods and I'm listening to a fucking podcast or an audio book or even just YouTube, like without the video. And, and I, and like, I feel this like constant desire to like, Oh, if I'm not fucking listening and learning something while I'm, you know, doing some sort of mundane task that I'm wasting that time. And it, it gets to that point where like, I feel when I leave my house, I'm like, fuck my headphones. I got to go back. Or like I got to turn around oh, and yeah. go back. And it's so like, I hate that I feel that pull because like when I'm in that sense of quiet, it feels uncomfortable. And I, I'm and glad like, you what said is that. it? Like, why? Why? That, why is it? That's exactly what it is. I think that a lot of us have a lot of difficulty just being still and being quiet and being silent and the, the constant need to sort of learn and produce and like, you know, put ourselves out there and like be seen and be known. Like th this is all part of that same social web right? Of mm -hmm. I have to be connected or I'm disconnected. I have mm -hmm. to belong or I don't belong, right? And mm -hmm. I think that the, the challenge in that, and this is where the mental health layer comes in, is that when you tie your entire existence, your entire world to how connected am I and what do I know and what do I not know, it creates a sense of fear and stress inside of us, which mm -hmm. is like, I need to be in the in-group and I need to kind of be in the know or else I'm going to be kicked out and I'm going to be sort of left for, for dead. Yeah. That's sort of the, that primitive built-in response, right? That we actually do go down that pathway of, I could be not included, which is not a great feeling. So we are avoiding that feeling and also trying to connect. So, and it's, yeah. and it's, in, it's, I think it's also important to, to recognize that same feeling within yourself, even if it's not coming from a, from, an external pressure from, from your peer, from your peer peers, or your social group. Like that's a critique that Kyla has of me, my, my wife, that, that I'm always consuming, you know, right. I'm, I, and, and, and it's always, and especially it can, snacks <laughs> <laughs> and that it can, and that it can be, and that it can be passive. Like I can, I can, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something with my, my daughter in the morning and I've got like, uh, a, a, a bike ride, a, a bike race on in the background or like a, or a podcast that I'm listening to or something going on because I'm always looking to, I'm always trying to learn and it's, and it's not, it's the pressure doesn't come out, out from external. It's an internal sort of like desire and drive to be like, Oh, there's this interesting thing that I'd like to keep up on. And then 
And I need to find that space within myself to just go, I don't need the music or the podcast or the bike race or the whatever that's going on the screen somewhere or in my headphones. I can just be here with my daughter or here with my wife or with myself and and recognizing that. Here's what you would need to focus on then. And this is how you determine if it's healthy or not. You want to decide and figure out, is this a healthy form of stress management or are we tipping into the scale of overwhelm? So stress is really about like life is unfolding faster than I can keep up with it. And usually that leaves us sort of in this constant rat race and this constant desire to like, I have to get, 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 I have to like make sure I get all the things and get all the information before otherwise life will unfold faster than I can handle it. Mm. But if it tips into overwhelm, overwhelm is where you reach that breaking point where you're like, oh, life is just too much, too fast, too soon. And so then we get to that point of breakdown and it feels like it starts to code as chronic and repeated stress or burnout. Mm. How do you like when you're when you're consuming content, is it like it's funny because I sometimes look at it as like my favorite thing is at the end of the day to like just put on a couple of YouTube videos and like watch some of my like favorite interesting creators and and like it's like a de-stress for me. Like I I think of it um it's mm-hmm. funny. I learned about this thing um that I refer to it now as transition time for myself. So when I used to work in an office and would come home the drive home was always that transition time for me. But when I started working from home and I would have to go from like working from home, like straight to dinner with my girlfriend, it was like this weird, like yeah. I, I couldn't get in like the, you didn't the headspace like, from it. Yeah. yeah and I yeah. didn't have yep. the time to transition. And so mm. like now I'm like, Oh, I just need to watch like one YouTube video, like 20 minutes in and then I'm good. Like I can decompress and sort of transition over to that other frame of mind. So like I look at that sort of consuming um, content during that time is like a healthy thing for me because it helps me to transition. But then it's like, you know, like at what point does that then become, oh, well now I'm watching YouTube videos instead of like having dinner and just sitting and, and talking to my girlfriend or like, like, I guess like, how do you know when it's causing this sort of like having negative effects in your life versus like being this thing that could be helpful in, in some cases? Totally. I would say the answer is that it's different for everybody, of course, because we all just have different nervous systems and different brains um, that use, you know, that process and integrate information differently. But I would say that for for you, you want to figure out like, can I still function in my life and carry on as normal? Or is this actually reducing the level of connection that I feel with other people in my real life. Right. And I guess it probably comes down to like having that conversation too with my girlfriend and say like, Hey, like Maddie, do you feel like I am present enough in our relationship? Or do you look at me like I'm always fucking watching? She's like, well, you know, every once in a while I got to come up with a towel and wipe the drool off your face. because You're not fucking responding to me. And you're just sitting there like, uh, you're like that, uh, like that deflated girl in the, uh, this is what happened. You do drugs commercial. You know, you know, you know what, you know what I think really ties into this, into this conversation really well. And, um, and something that I think probably for, for teens is something that, that, tech use is exacerbating um, and deteriorating is sleep quality. And mm. I was, oh, yes. I, yeah. I was listening to um, Matthew Walker. Um, Peter, Atia, awesome. Peter Atia did like a best of Matthew Walker episode. Oh really? That just came out. So oh, it's like, I gotta listen it's to like, that. it's like Matthew Walker from like five episodes and all these little snippets. Jake, of, if you're not familiar, uh, Matthew Walker is this like incredible sleep scientist and, and he's like at the forefront of, the science behind 
um, what's happening with the body when we sleep, what, you know, what happens to the body when we don't sleep, what happens to, you know, even, even down to like dreams and stuff. Yeah. Like it's super, and it super is, interesting. I mean, super interesting, oh, but also scary, uh, horrifying when you listen to it because you go, Oh, well, I um, guess I'm going to die next year. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't <laughs> sleep more than six and a half hours or like whatever the fuck yeah. it is. Like it's really intense. So he talked about sleep and, and what th- made me think of this is what you said about the transition, transition, um, like transition Period. time yeah. is that he talked about sleep as in you need, well, this isn't actually true for Brian, but he said sleep isn't a switch. Like you don't just, you don't just go from like what you were doing <laughs> to being asleep. Brian goes from a alert yeah. to ramp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the Brian is, I need it so badly. Brian is an exception <laughs> to this rule, but he said, he said going to sleep is like landing a plane. You know, when the, you know, they come on and they go, we're starting our initial descent and like, there's still half hour left in the flight. Yeah. He said, that's what sleep is. Like you need to be like, you need to be preparing your transition into sleep and like, you need to start doing things before you go to sleep, like long before you go to sleep to land that plane. And then when you get into bed, you are you're primed, you're ready yeah. to land the plane. Yeah, like, like scrolling through TikTok and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, the opposite. Turning off those blue lights, you know, transitioning yeah. the lighting in your in yeah. your apartment, the you know, you know, maybe Reducing reading a stimuli. Book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not eating something like yeah. that kind of shit. Stretching. What, like what is it? What is like what does how how does the tech piece and you know that desire to be on to like, you know, be up to date, to be checking your messages, to be seeing, you know, checking stories, whatever it is. You know, for adolescents and teens and how that how that affects sleep quality, which then like snowballs into their the whole rest of their life. I would say, you know, it's adolescence is that time when you're really solidifying habits. There's a lot of research that supports the notion that the habits that you develop in as a teen are the ones that tend to really sort of stick as an adult. And that's the same for our interests. That's the same for our personality traits. A lot of that carries with us. And so kind of to your point, like if, if we're not developing those habits when we're young, then, you know, that sets us up for adulthood that is, could be pretty disastrous. Right. Um, And of course there are a lot of layers to like the tech pieces, right? Like there's a lot of stuff about like the blue light, about the whatever type of light um, and about like the types of apps you're consuming, whatever. I would say like a general rule of thumb, at least the research that I've um, been exposed to is that within like an hour to two hours before bed, like it should be phone free. But who yeah. actually does that? Like, yeah, yeah, I've had good, I've had, I've had good, I've had good stretches of habits where I'll do that, and then, and then I, and and then I just completely lose yeah. it, and then it's like, you know, fucking, oh, I have a baby now, and she goes to sleep, and I couldn't watch that show, so now I'm getting in bed and I'm watching a show on a tablet. In yeah. my in my sleep position. Honestly, I mean, the, though, par- the other thing that's hard about it too, though, is like we don't we don't just rely on our phones for those apps, right? So like, it it's easy to go, yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna like look at my phone until until like you know it's 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 time for me to transition for bed, and then you know you crawl into bed and you're like, ooh, I better set my alarm, and you pick up your phone and you fucking go to set that alarm, and you go, oh, someone someone messaged me on Instagram, like look at that, and then you you look at that and you go, oh, that's a funny meme. Let me click on that, and then you click on that and you go, what the hell? That's really, what's their page all about? That's funny. And then you look at another, and you go, holy fuck, this is good shit. And then you start scrolling, and you're like, oh fuck, twenty fucking hours have gone by, and I didn't sleep all night because I've just been on my phone the whole fucking time. Yeah, 
Like we oh, just, yeah. it's, 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 we're so tied to it for all yeah. different but, aspects. But the other it's thing not though, just, just to use like, it, right? Like talking about that healthy balance, like the idea of me stressing about the fact that I'm on my phone too. Yeah. Also like. Which plays I'm into like, your ADHD, right? Then you, then you've just got like the guilt of Totally. Like, yeah. And yeah. so, and so for me, I'm like, well, I'm just not going <laughs> to give myself a hard time about yeah. it. Like I know for me, my phone is going to be on my nightstand behind my bed, beside my bed. I use it for my alarm. I'm going to probably use it until I get into bed. As long as I'm going to sleep and in bed for like at least that eight hours, then I'm, I'm happy with myself. And totally. I yeah. honestly I, don't. Yeah, but I'm you're dying. Try to do it's anything. killing you. You're dying. So, so <laughs> you shouldn't be happy. Some people smoke a pack of cigarettes every day. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> right, Jake, what were you going to say you, there? You know what I would say? I think that if anyone wants to sort of do something practical in this area, I would say <laughs> once a month, try doing one day or a half day without your phone and just see how you yeah. feel. That's yeah. going to be a really good indicator and a really good scale for yourself to see like how deeply is this actually impacting me? Yeah. There's a lot of people that cannot go one day without touching or looking at their their stuff mm, on their phone. Yeah. yeah. Just try I, going we, one day without your phone and see what happens. We run um we run uh we run yoga uh, yoga trainings and when when we do that um we do well no phone like phone the only use of your phone and we kind of like set the expectation that like your phone is your phone is a wonderful device for like being able to take notes and like, uh, and, and, and gain information. But like, that's its only use while we're here. When we're at meals, no phones whatsoever. There's no, they're not allowed on the table. They're not allowed to be taken out. And Taylor beats people. And the first, yeah. He punishes them. It's corporal punishment. And we, uh, and, and in the first handful of days of the training, it's fascinating to just watch everybody transition into this like no phone mode and just to see to watch the the total automatic function of the brain to pick up the phone to start looking and and to go oh my god like and and just to remind people like hey remember your phone's out and it's fascinating to see people deprogram over a number of days and how how tight of a grip technology has on us one one thing that I, I guess you know we're coming up to time here, but the last thing that I, I kind of wanted to get your your thoughts on, <clears throat> um, you know, we've been speaking a lot about how um, adolescents are being affected by the use of their phones, the use of these apps, the algorithms, Meta, all this stuff. Um, but the the reality is that like these things, this technology, is not going to go away. It's only going to evolve. It's only going to get more complex. It's only going to get smarter. And it is helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. But but um, but it but it's clearly causing a problem. And yeah. so when we're talking about like um this having an effect on younger people, um younger people who are for the most part still uh living at home with their parents, still, you know, a lot of a lot of those kids. Uh, under the like the guidance of their of their folks um so as a parent and you know like taylor your 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 daughter's uh not nearly old enough for you to be like really thinking about this stuff in depth yet but i've thought about it a lot yeah sure sure but like like for for example my 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 nieces right like they're you know stella flora um Mm -hmm. sophia like they're in that age where it's happening now right and i know that if i was a if i was a parent um I don't think it would do any good to be like, well, I'm going to just 
put these like hard rules on like you can't use it. I'm not even going to give you a phone. Like it's it's a part of their life. It's a part mm. of the social upbringing. You know, you, you can't really deny them the ability to be a part of it, because if you do, then, you know, there's probably social ramifications that will come from that of, of yep. them being like ostracized from, you know, their own social groups or whatever. So what having said all that, like as someone who's seeing these children and these adolescents like going through this, what is the thing that you would recommend to parents that maybe are listening to this right now and thinking, man, what the fuck do I do? Like, how do I, how do I keep my child from like, you know, circling down this drain into depression because they're just being inundated with these social stressors? Totally. I would say uh, the number one thing is that we need to treat it like the public health issue that it is. I think uh, really to be able to raise awareness about it and to actually talk about it, kind of like what you're saying, I don't think that going like ultra conservative on it and going cold turkey is probably not the healthiest ways of dealing with it because you're right, it's not going away. And yeah. we're also not in control of how the algorithms operate. So I think that education is the best thing that we can do. I think that mm -hmm. teaching young people about uh, what how these platforms are designed, how they're built, what are sort of the algorithms designed to do and at the very base of it that these are just ad companies right who mm. just want you to buy their shit and keep you on their platforms i think that kids need to know that and kids need mm. to be able to make healthy choices for themselves and at the very same time this is where the boundary setting and the rules uh you know i would advocate for need to also be in place i do think that we need age gating on social media for young people mm. i don't think that 12 year old girls in middle school should be posting pictures of themselves for people to like and rate. I just don't think that's healthy yeah. developmentally. And unfortunately the, the social media companies would love for parents to, for that to be up to parents. Um, and they don't want to have to put those rules in place, but like alcohol, cigarettes, many other types of things. So mm. if I were to kind of walk this thing down the line, I would think that <clears throat> there are going to be a lot more stringent litigation and legislation that will come out of this. But in the meantime, I think that what we need to do is to get it in our control, which is to provide basic education about digital citizenship, a, a, aka how you're behaving online affects mm. how your life feels in real life, mm. and also giving kids just basic access to, um, yeah, education about these platforms. I, I think uh, when I think about when I think about the eventuality of me having these conversations with my daughter in whatever form social media looks like and technology looks like when that conversation happens, she's five months old. So, I mean, who knows what that, what this landscape is going to look like in however many years. But I think about when I think about, um, when I think about my parents, when I got on Facebook, which was the first one, they didn't know Facebook. They didn't know what it was, what it does, how to use it. Now that's shifted. But now as, as, as older generations get familiar with older social media technologies, the young people are familiar with the newest ones. And then so you see the older generations, like, like my generation, I don't really pay attention to TikTok. So I don't, I don't know that much about it. Yeah, I know a little bit. But I think what I would want to do as a parent of a future technology user would be to educate myself as a parent so that in the guaranteed eventuality of them using these things, I can, I can say, I know what it is. I know how it's used and I could, and because I see the good and the bad of its, of its usage, 
<laughs> I can then pass that on and say, Hey, here's the good of this. And here's the bad of this. Yeah. If that's you, brilliant. If, if you know, if you know the, w- the ways in which this could, this could be harmful, then you're, you, you know, you're equipping yourself with a tool to combat that. But if me as a parent just ignores it as a technology that I don't get, that I don't use, that I don't need to know about, then my kid is not going to be able to have that, that those, those tools. That's, um, that's great advice, Taylor. But, um, also I think you don't know much about TikTok because you're a dad. Like, I feel like as soon as you turn into a dad, <laughs> yeah. then you TikTok just stop is, using yeah, it's, it's social dude, platforms. Dude, dude, you know what? You, dude, you you're my kid <laughs> and you're just the one who tells me about TikTok. Yeah, no cap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's the funny thing about TikTok. It's like, you say this, right? But like, really, it just by virtue of using Instagram, you are pretty much just as dialed into TikTok yeah, as yeah, yeah, most yeah. people. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because oh, the yeah. way TikTok has, has, has created its app, it's, it's going... Fuck yeah. Repost our stuff to whatever it is you want. Pour us, pour everything you're seeing here, here into every other application you're using. And so, you know, when I swipe, we're all, we're all on TikTok, regardless of whether we know it. When I, when I swipe through, um, TikTok and, and Instagram reels, I don't know which platform I'm on. Like to me, like I honestly don't like, sometimes I'm like, I go to share with you guys. I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm on TikTok. I can't, I got to download this video and send it to you. (laughs) And then I do. And then you see it anyway. And you see it anyway. (laughs) Um, uh, man, I, Jake, I, I, you know, I always love having you on the show. It's you're, it's, you get our brains just like fucking all fired up on shit. And we're, Wait, the dopamine, it, dude. The do- it's so good. Yeah, sitting with go. you was just a sitting with you was just like sitting on the shit or looking at TikTok. Uh, it's just it's just a big god. old hit of dopamine. Oh my god, uh, that's a wonderful compliment, <laughs> isn't it, Jake? Uh, let our let our listeners know where where can they find you? Where can they stay up to date with your work? Uh, how can they find uh, this? Isn't therapy? Give them, give yourself a plug. Absolutely, yeah. You can uh, follow my work and follow what I'm up to at MSW Jake. I write a lot of content and a lot of cool mental health stuff on Instagram. Uh, I'm not on TikTok, but I maybe will be there soon. Who knows? Um, and I also talk about this kind of stuff uh, now weekly on my podcast, which is called This Isn't Therapy. Uh, every week we select a therapy theme and we talk about it. So we're talking about anything related to tech, to hypersexuality, to anxiety, to imposter syndrome, to shame. There's nothing that's left untouched on This Isn't Therapy cool that's Very awesome cool. i feel like we have a lot more uh, future conversations coming up with you jake oh yeah. Yeah. yeah all topics we love yeah. let's do it yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure uh jake thank you this has been a real treat uh always a pleasure to sit down and shoot the shit with you man thanks a lot that is it for this week's edition of routine checkup thank you so much for tuning in folks it means the world to us and if you'd like to continue listening to the podcast you can do that right here on mondays wednesdays and fridays And of course, if you want to support the podcast further, you can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on your Spotify mobile app. And uh, even better than that, why don't you tell someone that you know, tell someone that you love, tell someone that you don't know, that you listen to Sick Boy Podcast and recommend it to them because we always love those extra ears. The podcast is produced and hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Brian Stever, and Taylor McGilvery. The podcast is managed by Jeffrey Lonis at Talent Bureau. The theme music for today's episode comes from Rich O'Coin. Thanks again, folks. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week. That's it for now. My name is Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.